The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Go ahead. Get it out of your system, Teasley. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Pornhub. (laughs) (laughs) And also my bookie.ag. Right, Eric? Oh, hey, enter promo code PAT for a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. Hashtag for the brand. Hashtag you might want to never record the pre-show again. <laughs> well, well, as we all know, Harry, pre-shows don't count anyway. And, uh, these pre-shows ain't ever making air. As we are live to the air now with the kickoff. Week six. 30 minutes late because Brit Bisco doesn't know how to tell time. False. Uh, well, we sat waiting for a half an hour for you, so true. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, the day one co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing. Hey, hey, hey. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Man, I really need to get back into doing point of viewer. So much material lost in the ether. And the chairman of the W2M network, and possibly the computer clicker, Jason Teasley. I am not a computer clicker. I record these things on my phone. Also, I would would like to say... Congratulations to the Charleston Hoodows for their Pornhub Pocahontas Bowl win <laughs> over the Kentucky Buckets. Y- 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 y'all had an unfair advantage, all right? <laughs> There's just some things that y'all were able to do in a hotel hot tub that we weren't. We played that on a protest. Well, at least you didn't play it under incest. <laughs> That was a different section. <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't help myself. Studs and duds. Eric. Well, we talked about a certain coach last week. Changing jobs. Boy, this is going to be one of those shows. <laughs> this has already gone off the rails. Oh, God. Hey, hold on. Hold on, full disclosure, this is what happened, Bisco, when you leave me, Harry, and Eric on hold for 30 <laughs> minutes waiting on you, and we have time to prepare shenanigans. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, just real quick, so that way we can actually get back into the balance of the show, allow me to use the line that I would normally use in a moment like this. Family show! <laughs> okay, Eric, continue. We, we talked about a certain coach who's... Pretty much trying to win one for the road, taking a somewhat high-profile job. But for good coaches, it helps if you have a great quarterback. Easton Stick, the man continuing the dynasty, had a one-man party against South Dakota State on Saturday. Nearly 400 yards of total offense, but five touchdowns, and now... The North Dakota State University Bison are one win away from their seventh national championship in eight years. The real. Eastern Stick, the number 12, you, sir, 
are my stud. The real national championship. Hey, 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 hey. We're, we're going to talk about another national championship here shortly. Yes, the mythical one. Uh, the, the mythical one. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Jason Stud. Yes, I am. And I appreciate you acknowledging that. But my stud is a certain wide receiver down in Houston who caught 10 of 11 targets for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Of course, it was against the Jets, but, I mean, Hopkins is still proving he's one of the top legitimate elite wide receivers in the league. So even though it was against the Jets, it's still a pretty impressive number. So he's my stud of this week. Okay, I take two issues with this year. One, the fact of the matter that the Houston Texans only won that game by seven, thus giving me a freaking push in Are You Serious? <laughs> the first and only one of the season thus far. Two, DeAndre Hopkins is going to lead me to a fantasy football championship over you, Jason. This very weekend. You know you're higher than draft pussy right now, right? Okay. We'll see who's laughing come next Thursday, homie. All right. Well, we'll we'll put a little side bet on this. I'll bet my beard again, my goatee against your beard. What, loser has to shave? Yep. I'll take that action. All right. All right. Oh, God. Brandon Stud. So, my stud for this week would have been in studs or duds regardless for me. If they, if what happened, considering what happened with it, they became my stud. But if they had failed, they would have been the dud. That is Philip Rivers and Anthony Lynn for having the guts and being able to, to successfully pull it off the two-point conversion with no time left for the win over the Chiefs instead of going for the extra point to send it to overtime. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the Pan- the Panthers went the opposite way. But this week, they are studs. Uh, I'm just going to state for the record real quick here that one of us had the balls to take the Chargers in Are You Serious last week. You're welcome. <laughs> Well done. My stud for the week. Hey, Eric, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Until this past weekend, who had the longest winning streak in college football? All divisions? Yes. Mount Union. At 29 in a row, the defending national champions were once again in the Alonzo Stag Bowl with a chance to win a second straight national title and a third in four years. Nay, nay, said the Mary Harding Baylor team. <coughs> Excuse me. As they become the first team in 30 games to knock off Mount Union and crown themselves Division Three champions for ending the longest streak in division, all divisions college football, Mary Harding Baylor, you are my studs for the week. Now, now as an addendum, both the Division Two and Division Three title games came down to the wire. And as an extra bonus to Mary Harden Baylor, they knocked off Mountain Union in the title game, 
They beat Wisconsin Whitewater to get to the Amos Alonzo Stag Bowl. The two Division Three powerhouses over the last decade plus both brushed aside. Kudos to them in a fit, completing a 15-0 season. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The last Mount Union loss was to Wisconsin Whitewater, correct? Yes, and they had a good rivalry where it was about six or seven consecutive years where they met in the Stag Bowl. I was looking forward to another one. I give my I give my props to the Crusaders, Mary Harden Baylor's team nickname. I give them my props, and I say this as somebody who lives probably half an hour or so from the Mountain Union campus. I know what it takes to beat the Purple Raiders. Congratulations, Mary Harden Baylor. You've earned this one. Eric, let's flip the script and we switch over to Dud. Now, I get that this was supposed to be what turned out to be a very good game. I guess that in theory, whenever these two teams meet, <coughs> excuse me, that, that there's a lot talked about this game. But if you look at recent history, this is not a rivalry. It was one-sided. The New England Patriots, why are you messing with my emotions? I can't bitch about how you're a dominant team and you're going to get a bye and you're doing all this and that and whoop-de-doo and to maybe see you hopefully go down in another Super Bowl. But at the same time, after this performance, I can't bitch that necessarily you're out of the playoffs, the dynasty's finally done, Brady's getting all old and crippled and can't even model Ugg boots. I don't know what to do with you, but <clears throat> only 10 points against Pittsburgh, credit to the Steelers' defense and what they did with Gronkowski and Edelman. Great, but you're, you're New England. I'm supposed to hate you and then laugh at you in situations like this. No, you're, you're my dud because even I didn't see this coming. Mm -hmm. Jason? Well, I was going to... My dud kind of pivoted a little bit and um, I, I was going to call out one specific player then I started looking I'm going to call out the whole damn team um, and, it, and it's an extra little push for me and Brandon because we get to make fun of this team it's the Dallas Cowboys oh, you know, I was considering this into, one too you go into Indianapolis you get shut out in the first time in like 20 years or so since old, uh, well, fifteen years, and you know, but yet you on a you was on a on a nice little winning streak. Those tops of you winning the division, yeah. And then I mean, you come off a great his like highlight worthy win last week, and then you do absolutely nothing, and um, you stink at the place. But this is. Also, a precursor to something I will talk about later. Um, as another partial precursor to that, Eric, uh, quick question for you. How many points did the Giants score this week? What? You, this is a precursor to what I'm talking about earlier. Later. Yeah. Yeah, later. <laughs> what he said. 
Brandon uh, Dud. Um, but before I give my dud, um, not only does this hurt the Cowboys in the sense of them losing, but um, my uh, are you serious for the week came true in spectacular fashion because the Redskins, despite being completely banged up, still managed to beat the Jags. Don't worry, we'll pour one out for the homers here in a little bit. Oh, I don't think I don't think uh, Eric has much to pour out for them. <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch to pour out. Gasoline in a lit match. That's my. Uh, but so my dud. Speaking of, are you serious? From last week. On the flip side, I'm gonna talk about the team that I thought would was my. Stone Cold Lock for the week. Yes, the 49ers won last week. Um, but still, Seattle, you're you're fighting for your playoff lives. How do you lose to the 49ers? The 49ers scored more points. Thank you very much, Captain Obvious. Well, that's how they lost. They oh, got out. Wait a minute, Captain Obvious. Shouldn't you be running more ads for Hotels.com? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Side job. It's kind of like it's kind of like sob boob. It's only there when you need it. It's supplemental. Anywho, continue, Brandon. Uh, I don't really have much else to say. Just how in the world do you lose to the 49ers? Um, my guess is via the foot of their kicker because it was a field goal in overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking the 49ers have had that sneaky history of being a crap team yet screwing up the seasons of great divisional rivals. Well, we looked at this last year, too. Let's not forget that this was a, what, 1-0-11 and team last year that won its last five? True. They finished season strong. But at least last year you had the reasoning of getting Garoppolo. Okay, but at the same time, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of underperforming talent on that team that when they do perform up to their potential, is capable of pulling off a situation like what you had here against Seattle. Fair enough. My dud for the week is another team that we've been talking about a lot on the kickoff this season, the Miami Dolphins. It was a miracle in Miami. It was a massacre in Minnesota. <laughs> Alliteration. I should have bet against them, too. Oh, my inner degenerate is pretty pissed off at me right now. <laughs> it was 21 to nothing after the first quarter, Minnesota. The Dolphins got back into this game. And early in the third quarter, actually scored a touchdown that cut the lead to 21-17. Minnesota then proceeded to run off the last 20 points of the game. And the Dolphins, after said miracle in Miami, go down in Minnesota, a place where Buffalo won this year, 41-17. Bravo, Dolphins. Bravo. It's that uh, miracle hangover. You schmucks. And thus bringing an end to studs and duds. I almost said so that happened. That's next. (laughs)
It's, we're all in. Everybody gets one. Spider-Man get, rules are in effect tonight. Get, getting ahead one. of yourself there, Harry? Yeah, a little bit. It's been a long week. What do you people want from me? <laughs> all right, Eric. So quality shows. That, that's what I want. <laughs> but I'm I'm stuck with you three tonight, so we're just shit out of luck. So that happened, Eric. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but there's about wrong. a five or six season streak or six week streak of the Panthers being featured in either Get It Together or one of our segments. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's five, because Bisco ran off like four in a row, and then I took him last week to keep him from doing it again. Well, let me continue that streak to six, because uh, for my soul, that happened. Well, Cam Newton... After he and Drew Brees both conspired to screw me out of a fantasy football semifinal triumph, I, I get the glorious news today that uh, number one's going to be shut down for the rest of the season. Now, you've got Carson Wentz, similar situation in Philadelphia. There were rumors of a similar situation with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I'm just thinking to myself, why now? When you've got ownership issues, Rivera's job is on the line, and why could you not settle this earlier so I could go out and win a damn championship? Well, aren't they I, aren't they mathematically eliminated now? No, they're not. Okay. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they said it on ESPN that that's why they're shutting Newton down is because they're eliminated mathematically. I could have sworn that they were still viable for the second. No, Seattle beat them straight up, didn't they? Yeah. So even if they end up mm-hmm. in a tie with Seattle, Seattle has that tiebreak. Yeah, they are screwed. Yeah, so um, that's why they're doing it now. Because at least... Well, I, think the, I think the other part of what Eric said there is partially the reason as well. I think that this is a way to test the medal of Ron Rivera, whether or not he's going to remain the coach in Carolina. What can he do with this team without its star player? True. Well, um, the, the, star the, player, the star player plays running back, not quarterback. Yeah, was, or I linebacker. Say, I, was yeah. to, uh, I would say I would pick run CMC over Luke Keekley, but I see what you guys are saying there. Uh, one of his star players. Mm-hmm. Because the, I, I have a feeling that if Rivera can turn this around and get this team to 8-8, eight and eight, then Rivera probably keeps his job. Especially if Rivera... Especially because we know Cam and that contract, they're staying regardless. I know so who they're, how much you can do on that end. I know who they're playing this week, and it's definitely a winnable game for them, especially because I believe, I'm pretty sure it's at home for them. But who do they play week 17? New Orleans in the Super Silver Super Super Dome. Okay, so they're screwed on that one. Most if, likely because New Orleans will probably be playing for home field advantage. Yeah. But if they can go one and one and beat Atlanta this week, then he should be okay. But if they lose to Atlanta at home this week, then I think Rivera's done. Well, week 17, the Saints may not be playing for home field advantage. They may already have that wrapped up. True. That's true. If New, Especially... Orleans this week, if New Orleans wins this week and the Rams lose, then it will be wrapped up. Which I'll be talking about more later. Well, actually, even regardless, because, well, yeah, either it has to be either or. Either Saints win or Rams lose because Saints have the tiebreaker. 
Jason. Hi, I'm here. So that happened. Um, yeah, everybody knows that me and Brandon are Giants fans, and um, this so that happened reflects that me and Brandon are Giants fans. You will find probably no bigger homer for Eli Manning than me. But I, I got a question, the front office, when you give Eli a four-year, $84 million no-trade contract extension. Granted, everything I'm reading and hearing comes down to the fact that it's going to be one more year as the starter, then you're going to be on as a basic mentor for the incoming heir apparent. But still... I understand loyalty, but damn, $84 million to be a backup? I think I need to sign up for that job. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, if you wanted to, even if, you know, yeah, you've got the loyalty and everything, and he's done great things for the franchise, but, I mean... Saying that you're going to give him another full year as a starter, that's a little worrisome. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll see how the things go. It also doesn't help that, whereas at the be- towards, you know, the middle of the season, we were thinking, oh, they're going to get a top five draft pick. Now they're in the middle of the pack, it, you know. So... Well, the rumor is uh, the kid in Oregon is staying in school. So they may wait until next year to. They're they're very high on him. They they say if if he was coming out this year, that would be their man. But uh, if he stays in school, like everybody's predicting, and the rumors are swirling around, the Giants may just hold off another year, let Eli be Eli, let Saquon have another year under his belt. And then they go after him next year and let him become the heir apparent because things could go two ways. Also, after this year, you have a lot of rookie contracts of quarterbacks coming due. Maybe they take a young veteran that's coming off a rookie contract. It's possible. So it's one of those things that we got to kind of see what what shakes out. I mean, uh, I'd love to see what kind of um, free agent pool is going to be out there after this year. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for the Giants, that's for sure. Um, but... Especially with cap space increasing to, I think, $191 million. True, true. Correct. I'm I'm just not looking forward to what I mean at this point unless they're able to get a quarterback uh in the you know in the first round or they they're able to get a quarterback that they're high on this year uh I'm not looking forward to another rebuilding year of saying you know on one hand I want them to win but on another hand I want them to lose Here's my question for you guys here um Given the fact that they've basically given up on Kyle Laiuleta, however it's pronounced, 
Mm-hmm. Would you guys be opposed to them taking another chance on a lower level division, uh, a lower level FBS or a high level FCS? I, I just, just want to point out that he came from the Richmond Spiders. Um, <laughs> we 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 have a uh, we have an inside source uh, in with the. Um, Richmond Spiders. Um, he has access to the locker room and everything. I'm pretty sure he's on their um, cafeteria staff. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we may we may have the inside track, so we may get this answer if we can track him down. My question, if I would be allowed to continue, is. Would you guys want to go after another lower-level FBS or high-level FCS quarterback, or do you think it'll be better to wait for one of the superstar quarterbacks to come out? I can think of a couple of names off the top of my head that might be a good fit in New York. And the first one that comes to mind, even though he played in a dome in college, is the aforementioned earlier tonight. He's sick. I mean, the thing about going after lower-level FBS or higher-level FCS guys is that you, like, yes, the Giants have a great scouting team, but it's very hit or miss. For every, you know, Carson Wentz and, uh, you know, some of the other bigger names that have come out of lower-level programs, you have a bunch of other guys that are complete flops. Let me ask you the same question here, Jason. Are you willing to sacrifice another year of Saquon Barkley's rookie contract to wait another year to get a quarterback? Yes, I am, simply because um, I think Gettleman will address the more pressing need of an offensive line so he has a great, a better offensive line to run behind and protect a quarterback when you bring him in rather than throwing a rookie quarterback to the wolves with a piece of shit offensive line that's got more holes than Swiss cheese. I'll agree so, with you. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Maybe, maybe you use the veteran leadership of Eli, sure up the offensive line, let Barkley get behind a strong offensive line, and then address the quarterback situation with either a superstar rookie or some, like I said earlier, somebody coming off a rookie contract that may want to test the waters. Oh, God, I just thought of something hilarious. And it would be so much fun if it actually happened just for the group chat. What year does Mahomes come on the market? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Actually, the views and opinions of Brandon Bisping do not necessarily wait, reflect the rest of Ricky contracts are three years, right? Yeah, I think um, so. Actually, if that would be after next year. Yeah. They're four years, but if they're specifically in the first round, the team can put in a fifth year option. Oh, so it's four years, so he won't be available Mahomes, until Mahomes was not a first round pick. So it would so be four then, yeah, years. Yeah, you're looking at three to four years. Okay, so if it's three years, he'd be coming onto the market after next year. Yes. <laughs> how awesome, how much how how lovely would that be if 
Which, I mean, you got to think, Kansas City took a lot of money off their books with old Ike Turner there. True. Um, so, I mean, that freed up a lot of money. But they got a lot of contracts coming due. I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill and Kelsey's going to be coming due pretty soon. Mm-hmm. All right, let me throw another name at you guys real quick, and then we'll move on because we do have other stuff to get to. How would you feel about Trace McSorley ending up as a giant? I don't think he would fit. I, I think I think his the style that he is would not be a good fit with um, with that offense. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, they could change the scheme for him, but. Not to mention, look at the recent history of Penn State quarterbacks. Matt McLoyne, okay. Christian Hackenberg. Well, yeah. we'll, see what, Hack- we'll see what Hackenberg can do in the AAF. The specific oh, reason the specific reason Brady went to Michigan. Who am I thinking of that came out? The specific reason I'm asking about Trace McSorley is because of his experience with Saquon Barkley at Penn State. That is a good point. I mean, if he's available, you know, when they get up to the first round pick and there's, or, yeah, when they get to their first round pick and, uh, and there's no great offensive lineman that they, that they're really high on, then maybe, maybe take a chance on him. Um, I don't, would you, I don't would you like him machine. or uh, is it Lockett out of Missouri? Uh, Lock, Drew Lock. Yeah. I I think he would be a great fit in New York if available. I don't think that uh, I don't think that McSorley is that high of a first round pick for where you guys would be drafting. You guys are still in the top ten right now. Huh. Okay. I don't think that McSorley's going to go should go in the top ten personally. A lot of what McSorley has done has been system based, and I don't know how it'll translate yeah. to the NFL like you were, you were just saying. Well, well if they're is- not picking him, I'm pretty sure there's a team at least on the fringes of the top ten that may look at him. God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do agree with Jason what he said before. Um, if they're not going to go after a quarterback, and that is not their main focus right now, then their main focus in the draft needs to be an offensive line. All right, real quick, uh, Eric, I'm pretty sure your guys' pick is higher than the Giants' pick right now because you guys only have four wins. <sighs> Brandon? Johnson. Brandon? Yes. So, that happened. Um, well, we mentioned it before, and this is one of the uh, reasons. Not, not all FCS guys are going to be like this, obviously. But you never know what you're going to get with them. And this guy in particular, we don't know how much longer he's going to last in the NFL after being such a big star in his first couple of years. Carson Wentz has a broken back. And I'm not sure if it was today or yesterday that it has come out that he has had back issues in the past when he was in high school. So this may be one of those situations where that that flame burns bright, but it dies quickly. And I believe I heard this on yesterday's Pat McAfee show where 
they determined that he had this issue, like a broken vertebrae or what have you, but didn't tell him? Ooh, that's not good for the Eagles, because didn't another team have some sort of issue with concussions, with not notifying the player, or the player not notifying the team, and the team not doing the proper thing, and they got, like, they got some sort of uh, penalty Was from the league? Tampa Bay? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been Tampa Bay. I think it was yeah, also... Well, I think it was also... Didn't Washington have an issue with RG3 when he had all of his issues? Okay, in fairness, Washington itself is an issue. Well, yes, but, you know, I think um, they got hit by the league with, like, some fines and some stuff and other... Well, when he blew out his knee, I think, they, is when they had the issue there because they put him back into a game yes. when... They, when the NFL determined that it would have been detrimental to his health to go back in, and then he got hit and spiraled, and that's when he blew out his knee. Yes. Not yeah. to mention there were also issues with the conditions of the field in that particular game. Oh, like there were in the Pittsburgh-Oakland game two weeks ago? Yeah, very similar. And they kind of got on Oakland and O.co, and oh, God, that, yeah. Oakland, you say? Oakland. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eric, Eric, guess what? Oh. Segway. Segway. (laughs) My so that happened. Well, we knew it was going to happen eventually. I just didn't think Oakland would be the team. Oh, come on. You really didn't think the the dumpster fire that uh, that is Oakland would do this? No, 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 no. no. Okay, that's fair. Let's get Nick. this straight. Jacksonville is a dumpster fire. <laughs> They're New both York is a dumpster fire. Oakland is a dumpster fire that contains a tire fire that's sitting on top of a landfill in the middle of a flood. That's the landfill is also burning. Yes. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders have signed the Intercepticon Nathan Peterman. You know what they need to do next? And I so want it to happen just because we we could have so much fun with doing a segment with it. Can they please fire whoever their Oh wait, their head coach is Gruden and they're and they're they're love struck by him for no goddamn reason. So that's not going to happen. I feel like I I feel like their offensive coordinator could become Ben McAdoo. Okay, that could work. I mean, think about it. They stepped in McAdoo with number two in the black hole. (laughs) This is a gift (laughs) that just keeps on giving. (laughs) And somewhere Chucky hangs his head sadly. Talk about a Gruden grinder. (laughs) So I want to know the uh, the odds. I want to I want to know the odds of. Gruden trading Carr to Jacksonville now. The odds of of Gruden trading Carr and naming Nathan Peterman his starter next year? I I give it over 50%. Yes. I'm I'm ballparking it around 75. I'm pretty sure you could get just about even money, although it might be minus 105, 110 if you're specifically throwing in Jacksonville, which anything to keep us from getting Joe Flacco. One bum-ass quarterback who wears the number five is enough for my lifetime. Thank you very much. Eric, where could people place that bet at? 
mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. <laughs> Segway. No, but seriously though, how how freaking hilarious is it that the Intercepticon has a job again? Oh God. You know what? You guys were giving me so much grief when Buffalo cut him that he was going to sign someplace and they were going to make him a superstar. Well, let's see you do it, Oakland. Let's see you. <laughs> well, I well, that... point this out. Gruden said he was one of his favorite quarterbacks coming out in his quarterback camp videos. Oh, and God. how did that work out for him? Not very well. I mean, he has it, a it QBR of something like ten. <laughs> Instead of it being the Mendoza line, it's the Peterman line. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he did play in Buffalo. <laughs> okay, and Matt Barkley actually came in and won two games once Nathan Peterman got shit canned. So don't give me that argument, Matt Barkley, who hadn't played in the league in three years. Yeah, but Matt Barkley is awesome. Yeah, hey, at least at least it's a quarterback who hadn't played and started in three years, not seven. Oh God, jeez. There have been a lot of quarterbacks that have come in after not playing for a couple of years uh, this year. Eric is having bad Josh Johnson flashbacks this Sunday. <laughs> I should have listened. I should have gone on. My bookie, right then and there, put in a parlay. Redskins plus seven, Redskins money line, hammer the under. That would have made my weekend so much better, but no. <laughs> my dumbass didn't listen, now did I? Nope, you didn't listen to me. Easy money. Easy uh, money. With that being said, we move on from so that happened, and we move to buy or sell. Okay, so I'm going to let you guys know. There is an NFL question. There is a college question. The mixed question is more holiday-themed here rather than football-themed. This is, after all, our go-home episode to Christmas. So, Jason, consider this your Christmas present. You've won the toss. It's because it's I'm a man. I'm 40. And you know my bedtime's coming up soon. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to take the holiday theme question because I'm a jolly Saint, old St. Nick. By yourself, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm buying that every day. It's a damn good Christmas movie. <laughs> you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't fuck with John McClane on Christmas. He will mess you up. He's got presents to deliver and a wife to see. Yippee-ki-yay-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> there was That's synonymous. That's as synonymous as Christmas as ho, ho, ho. And baby, it's cold outside and all that shit. We're being told that we're being taken off the air because we mentioned baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> well, well, I guess that means I can yeah, put I, my Santa baby references and I can put away that Santa Claus costume with my pants and unzip. Wait a minute, where was I going with this? <laughs> I'm just going to state for the record that Jenny McCarthy and Santa Baby could get it. Anyway, continue, Jason. I mean, you know, I, I, 
let's let's go ahead and, and point out the fact that you know uh, Santa Baby is a misogynistic, uh, anti-misogynistic. Oh, right, and, cracker and, jack. It, it, it shows it shows that you know women to to love a woman you must buy their love because in one way or other all all female prostitutes in one way or other you got to pay for pay for play one way or another putting gas buying dinner electricity uh, some way you're paying for it uh jason that's not misogyny that's just facts <laughs> by yourself uh, and um but we're going back um yeah that was damn good christmas movie it, it ranks up there. It's in it's in my top five. It's up there with Emmett Otter and National Lampoon and you know. We'll talk favorite uh, Christmas movies in a second. We need to get other people in here, Jason. <laughs> Brandon, by yourself. I, I have a feeling that I'm probably gonna be the only one that's saying this, but I'm selling this. Well you go to hell, Bisco, and show up for a fucking show one time. <laughs> Eric, by yourself. I'm going to preface this by saying you can send all hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com and all hate tweets to at W2MSean on Twitter. That being said, I am going to buy Die Hard. I mean, come on. The setting alone, the scenery, everything that happens. How can you not call it a Christmas movie? It's, I'm buying. It's a Christmas movie. And... Given the fact that Jason screwed up the line, it's Yippie Kaye, motherfuckers. I thought it was just Yippie Kaye, motherfucker, singular. Yeah, yeah, I think it's singular. Yeah, plus I don't want to get sued for copyright infringement. Neither but- do I. That's why I put the S on there. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Uh, oh, like copyright infringement? Who do you think you are, Alfonso Ribeiro? <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that garbage. Real quick here, let's uh, let's prep. Well, let's finish this topic with one one quick go around here. Jason, favorite Christmas movie? Favorite Christmas movie? Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas with a with National Lampoon One uh, B. Brandon. Toss-up between National Lampoon and Friday After Next. Did you really just call a Friday movie a Christmas movie? It is a Christmas movie! No, Bisco's actually right. I don't know how he can say Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie when he acknowledges that Friday After Next is. Because they make... the goddamn corner, Bisco. They make plenty of Christmas... The whole thing is based around Christmas. Bisco's gonna Bisco. Hey, you die hard, you fuck! <laughs> Eric? Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Finally, somebody with the Home Alone reference. I'm going with the Muppets Christmas Carol with the Home Alone franchise in a very close second. Yeah, not the whole franchise. Three kind of went off the rails a bit, although it did give us a young Scarlett Johansson. I'm just going to state that three was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Therefore, it holds a special place in my heart. We move on, and, and, and we and we do have to make a a uh, very um, special mention to the Claymation movies. Obviously, Burger Burger Rothless Roethlisberger, get your act together. What did the winner Roethlisberger just fucking say? 
I I had no. I'm just moving on. We're in <laughs> college or the NFL? NFL. Like I need to ask. <laughs> yeah, like you need to ask. Buy or sell, the Indianapolis Colts will be the most talented team to miss the postseason this year. Hmm. I'm going to sell this because I think they will make the playoffs. Okay, then who's your pick for most talented team to sit at home? My pick for most talented team to sit at home? I think I'm going to have to go with the Panthers. Eric, by yourself, the Colts end up the most talented team in the NFL to miss the playoffs. May I also say that Bisco is having the most Bisco episode ever? I was going to say the exact same thing. I am selling for that exact reason. I think they make a run and make it into the playoffs. Oh, I'm not sure who's the most talented team that's going to be at home, though. Uh, I'd have to chew on that one for a bit. You have until the end of buy yourself. Okay. Jason, buy yourself. The Colts are the most talented team to miss the postseason this year. I'm going to sell. Uh, I think I'm, I have to agree. I think the Colts are going to get hot at the right time and um, be able to make the make the playoffs. Most talented team sitting home, the Giants, because they got all the talent. They just ain't got shit to do with it. <sighs> you know who I think is going to be the most talented team to sit at home here? And I actually gave this, this question some thought myself. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons because of all the injuries they suffered throughout the season. That's a good Ooh. point. Me, me personally, especially with the talent that's arisen this season and just realizing it, and yes, it was derailed by one big injury, the Niners. Mm. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with in that division. I, I'm going to say, no, in all honesty, I think it's going to be Seattle. I don't think Seattle mm. makes the play. I, I, Seattle only has to win one more game and they clinch their spot. I don't think they'll get it. Well, Kansas City this week. I think uh, Arizona next. So yeah, so if I not think this yeah. week, they'll probably beat the Cardinals. Let me confirm well, that real quick. But I think it's Arizona next week for Seattle. We we know that you should never count anybody out. Uh, ask San Francisco about that with the win that they just put up against Seattle. I'll give you that. I mean. It might be one of those instances where we, you know, and it's a division game. Division games, at the can, end of the season, you never, you never know what's going to happen. Can confirm it is Arizona against Seattle Week Seventeen. All right, let's move on here. And Eric, we start with you for the college question. Okay. Hold on, let me pull up my college question here because all this conversation about the football, the NFL playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> Made me forget what my college question was. Ah, uh, yes. And I actually even subtitled it really cutely with Bull Humbug. Buy or sell. You will not be watching a single bowl game before Christmas Day. 
I'm going to buy that. I mean, I, I work during the day. A lot of these bowl games, while some of them produce great stories and great wins and intersections with my realm of shenanigans, eh, I, I don't want to see two seven and five teams that I barely know a thing about duke it out at some random venue, be it domestic or international. There's a couple of ones that are, if they're on before Christmas Day, they'll be tempting me, but knowing me, I'd probably have to not be sober to be able to fully sit through and enjoy it, so mm -mm. Jason, by yourself? Uh, I'm selling because I'm supposed to get drunk and watch Marshall get the shit kicked out of him tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to point that out and pour one out for the homers that Marshall plays tomorrow, actually. So you beat me to it. Brandon, by yourself. Um, what are the bowls that are left tomorrow and Friday? And Saturday? Do well, Saturday second? doesn't matter because I wouldn't be watching those regardless because I'd be watching some stuff in the afternoon and then the NFL games in the, in the late afternoon and evening. There All right, you got the, the cereal. You got the... You got the cereal bowl, the macaroni bowl, the toilet bowl, the dog bowl, the bowl, which is how some people pronounce it. Usually, if you're from Louisiana, give me one second. I'm pulling up the schedule. How Ohio did Redbox get a bowl game? <laughs> they ran. They rented it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's got to be God. done by 9 o'clock the next day. <laughs> Damn it, Jason. Uh, Brandon, to answer your question, uh, Marshall in South Florida tomorrow, Florida International, Toledo, Western Michigan, BYU on Friday, Memphis and Wake Forest, Houston and Army, Buffalo and Troy, Hawaii and Louisiana Tech on Saturday. I mean, if I'm not doing anything specific, I'm would potentially turn on, like, one of those games just to see how it's going, but I wouldn't really be paying attention to it all that much. These, these bowls, I mean, the only reason why I will watch a bowl before Christmas is simply because, you know, I live in Huntington. My wife and my father-in-law are big Marshall football fans, and <clears throat> we're all going to get together and watch the Marshall game. Uh, if not for that fact, um, the only time, only info I would have of the bowl is I would turn it on to put myself to sleep because none of these teams have any appeal to me whatsoever, and it would work just as good as Ambien. And not to mention that the games don't mean anything. Um, I'm just going to state that the Marshall Bowl game is called the Gasparilla Bowl. The Sasparilla Bowl. <laughs> Gasparilla. Might as well be called Sasparilla. No, that's a Sassafras big Bowl. Gasparilla uh, is a big parade in Tampa Bay. Arguably the like, second uh, highest event parade-wise, that I would want to go to on my bucket list. Behind Fantasy Fest in Key West, of course. 
If you don't know what that is and you're under the age of 18, don't Google it. <laughs> no, they have a daytime parade for the kids. Well, that's nice. Don't Google the adult version. Anyway, moving on. Let's pour one out for the Homer family. Did, did you buy or sell that, uh, Harry? I don't answer these questions. Oh, I fair enough. Oh, yeah, good point. The answer to the question, though, is uh, I'm going to sell that because I actually am planning on watching the Marshall game tomorrow. Fair enough. All right, let's move on and let's pour one out for the homers. The Giants looked, well, not good against Tennessee. Let's call it what it is. And the competition only gets stiffer this weekend as you guys play the Indianapolis Colts team coming off of their shutout of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jason, let me ask you first, since you were the one who stated this last week, you still think you guys are going to win two out of your three final games? Um, honestly, no, I think, I think the Tennessee game was the last, the one we could have won, one of the two we could have won. And I I was really looking forward to the I think it's the Cowboys game or Cowboys of Philadelphia at the end of it's, the season. It's Cowboys. And I I was looking toward that one being because it's always a huge intra rival game that we could win. I I honestly picked the Colts as uh, the lose against the Colts, but I took I had a whole hell of a lot of faith in us. Beating the Titans because I mean it's the Titans. They were they were hurt, and I thought they would come off the um, hangover from last week. But uh, no, they just rolled us and kicked us in the ass and had one of the best touchdown celebrations I've seen in a while. Yes, props to the Tennessee Titans for using the Remember the Titans celebration. It was actually. Not a touchdown celebration. It was a fourth down stop celebration, but still props to them for using it. Well, in, in my eyes, it was a touchdown celebration because they scored on us more times than I did on prom night. Brandon, you got an opportunity for a firsthand view of the Titans game here. Now you guys get the Colts team coming off of their shutdown of Dallas. What are your thoughts going into this game this Sunday? I mean, like I said before about the Colts, they're probably going to make it to the playoffs, and this is going to be one of those games where, you know, this is win- This is pretty much a win-or-go-home game for them. So they're going to be coming to play, and, yeah, they're, it's going to be another uh, rough, uh, rough week for the Giants. Eric, the news doesn't really get any better for you coming off of a 16-13 loss to a depleted Washington Redskins team. This week, it is the Miami Dolphins who are coming off of a pretty heartbreaking loss of their own, having gotten their assets handed to them by Minnesota, like we talked about earlier. Scale of 1 to 10, what is your confidence level in the Jaguars going into this game? Negative 4, and I'm going to have a, you can call it hot take, bold prediction, I don't care what the fuck it is at this point, but it's going to happen. Mark it down, and I'm going to go on my bookie and bet on it if I can. Ryan Tannehill will be the first 300-yard passer the Jaguars allow this season. Let me ask you another quick Jaguar question, mostly because I want the guy fucking gone anyway. Does Doug Marone get fired? 
I doubt it. But I can say there are going to be a lot of internal shakeups. A lot of internal shakeups. On behalf of Buffalo Bills fans everywhere, fuck them. <laughs> <clears throat> you were about to say something, Bisco. Go ahead. Um. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, um, Miami's also fighting for their playoff live, so they're coming in to win. Yeah, you would think that going to Minnesota as well, and then they turned in the performance that they did against Minnesota's rushing attack with Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook. True, but is but Minnesota is also fighting for their playoff live, so. Not to mention that was the weekend after the Miami Miracle. Now they're in the friendly confines. They've got their wake-up call. They're a four-point favorite. They know what they're doing. Four points, you say? Hmm. Flip the script, Eric. Uh, uh, okay, I, I have to ask you this. Now that you know you are completely free of the Intercepticon and everything that's going on with Buffalo... I'm curious to know, with New England going to Foxborough, you know they're vulnerable. Do you think that the Bills can at the very least keep it close or make everybody's dreams come true and actually capitalize on the situation? Okay, A, you're forgetting the most important thing about RUC, or about um, pour one out for the homers this week. That is that the Buffalo Bills are coming off of a win. 14-13 over Detroit. It's Detroit. Yeah, that's not much to brag uh, about. Uh, I'm just going to state, for the record, Eric, if you look at the AFC standings now, Buffalo is 5-9, and nine, Jacksonville's 4-10. and 10. Suck it. Yeah, that I would be saying the exact same thing if you would have beaten us. It's like, it's us. <laughs> uh, I'm going to point out, for the record, that we did beat you earlier in the season. Continue. Oh, can you see how well that turned out? <laughs> oh, yeah. You the, the the whole New England game. Um, no, we're gonna get our asses kicked because New England's gonna be coming in angry after what happened against Pittsburgh and Miami. But uh, okay, Let me we're about lie. to catch a beating. Do, but do so? Do you not even think that they'll cover? I mean, the line's only thirteen. We're about to catch a beating. Read into that what you will. Fair. <laughs> we played New England once this season, and it ended poorly. I still... it, it's going to end poorly again. But at least you're actually playing against a Hall of Famer rather than the number one draft pick of the AAF. How the hell? This one's going to just haunt me. I'm sorry, Eric. You have my condolences. <laughs> I would have rather have lost a Mark fucking Sanchez. <laughs> Yikes. Wait, did I just say, oh, dear God, I, I, oh, I am too sober. I need to get drunk. <laughs> Save well, myself. Please. <laughs> while, while Eric self-medicates over there, Jason, get it together. Um, my get it together is the the NFC East uh, offenses 
Uh, not only did the Dallas Cowboys get shut out, like I pointed out earlier, like we just discussed, the Giants also got shut out. Yeah, um, I, I really think you guys, you guys have talent. Just don't fuck up anymore. I like the NFC East. At I least hate the, everybody else. At least the Redskins uh, offense came to light life this week. How about it, uh, Eric? A hundred and fifty-four yards and a touchdown to Josh Johnson, and we still lose. Ah, uh, with us. Brandon, I'm just going to state for the record, Washington scored 16 points. I wouldn't exactly call that coming alive. Yeah, I mean, the only only NFC East team that actually done anything worth a damn was the Eagles. And then they lost their quarterback. Well, it was Nick Foles. Allow me to correct this here. Eric, what's his name? Big Dick Nick Foles? Who led the Eagles to a thirty to twenty three win over the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday Night Football? Can can we segue right into my get together? With that being said, sure. Segue. There you go. My get together this week is the Los Angeles Rams. You lose. Uh, yes. Hashtag Brandon gonna Brandon. I was about to say, don't you mean segue into my get it together? Wait, I put that first. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, Eric's called the NFC the offensive leaders in the NFC since like Sunday. Damn it. Or Monday. Fair so enough. while Brandon recuperates, Eric. Bisco. Bisco. This Brandon is what happens when you show up 30 minutes late. Now for the proper segue, as Harry was so kind enough to to provide, my get it together are those Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints, particularly your offenses. In the Coliseum, it's slightly forgivable because you did rally back and you had a chance to win at the end. However, 13 points through the majority of that game, Jared Goff looking more like what he was as a rookie and at the University of California than we've seen him under this high-powered Sean McVay offense. And the, let's just call it, god-awful horseshit clock management on that final drive. That's why I'm telling you to get it together. Drew Brees, or as Chiseled Adonis calls him, Drew Brees is Jesus, no, 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 no. You're not getting away from this so quickly. All you had to do was just help me out. Carolina's on the ropes. You are on Monday Night Football. Drew Brees, you're Drew Brees. You're a Hall of Famer. You're chasing another ring, holding up one of your kids again with earphones as the confetti falls. All you had to do was just go out drop them, whip them out, and throw five or six touchdowns for me, I would have settled for four, and you had a lot of yardage, because I knew that's what you were capable of. I have faith. What do you do? 12 points. And only the seventh defensive two-point conversion 
since the NFL instituted the rule in 2015. Throwing a pick six is one thing. You threw a pick two <laughs> for you and the rest of that offense. For the love of God, you really need to get it together. I was so disappointed. You're lucky that I'm rational and sane enough that I don't burn your jersey. <laughs> Brandon, have you recovered? Uh, depends upon what your get-together is. I can assure you you're not going to touch on my get-it-together. Okay. Then my get-it-together for this week, and I can't believe I'm saying this as a Giants fan, my get-it-together is the Dallas Cowboys. You get shut out by the cult. And not only that, but contrary to what everyone thought going into this week and going into the last two weeks, the Redskins are actually playing decently and are still alive to win the Wait. NFC East. Thanks, so Josh Johnson. <laughs> so if you don't start winning games, this... You know, this lead on the NFC East could go away. Um, pretty sure Jason just talked about Dallas and his get it together. Oh, he did. Brandon, gonna Brandon. Hey, can can we just get Tori to fill in for you from now on? <laughs> you all suck. Listen to the show you're on. I do. There's just Obviously. not much. There's just not much this week. What is it with executive producers on this network? <laughs> oh, I need a second after that. Okay. Ooh, ooh, that was a stiff shot, Eric. Yeah, that one was intentional this time. All right, let's 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 move on. Um, I get it together goes to the NCAA's recruiting season. Would somebody like to explain to me for the life of me why we're taking coaches that are in New Year's Six games away from their teams in order to deal with the commitment process right now? Would someone like to explain to me why these kids, granted their high school senior seasons of high school football are now over and stuff, and I get that. Why they are still focusing on announcing where they're going to college before they graduate fucking high school. Because they, some of them like to come in during the spring semester and get those extra few months in the different practices with the team? Yeah, don't they allow them to play in the spring games? Here's my issue, though. You're taking the focus away from where it should be right now, especially for these bigger programs that are in these New Year's Six games, that are in these college football playoff games. Don't get me wrong. I think it's cool that these teams get to reload every season, and some teams obviously reload more than others. Uh, I think they just announced that one of the number, like the number six recruit in the country just committed to Alabama. Of but, course he did. You want me to tell you honestly why it goes on? Because recruitment is a business, and what better way to hold up a team than if you're playing a New Year's Six game to score free tickets for you and your homeboys or your parents to get a free trip to go watch the bowl game of 
said school. And that's uh, and that's a fair assessment here. My official my official stance on this is that there should be no commitments announced and no players allowed to move anywhere until after the bowl games and the college football playoffs are done. Mm-hmm. I think it. Yeah, I think it should be after. I think it should be January one. Well, technically, no, even then, it's like right before the national championship game, and you've got like your Rose Bowl and others the day of on one one. So I say move it back to like the fifteenth. Yeah, make it like the basically make it like free agency in the NFL or like the um the um el- the um de- declaration period for the draft where it has to be after the season's over. Yeah, let it you I don't care if it's the Tuesday after the national championship game. Just not don't let them announce it during the bowl season. Don't let them announce it during when there are games going on that still matter, and especially ones that matter to the level of the New Year Sixes for the funding that's going to come to these schools and for the but, teams in the college football playoffs. Exactly. But, and and but if, all bowls matter, man. Don't no, you know this? No. Everyone no. bowls. Does it matter? And that's why we got 4,718 4, bowl games. That's why we have ridiculous bowls named after, like, Red box rental kiosk. Gas gorilla. I mean, this is, I mean, it's ridiculous because this goes to show these bowl games mean absolutely nothing. Yep. Basically, what I'm saying is NCAA recruitment process, get it together. Well, NCAA in, in general for football, get it together. Actually, grow some damn balls and and step up and stop this nonsense. Yeah, it's the NCAA rifle teams get it together. Can I just state for the record that we can't get you to listen to this show, Brandon? What makes you think we're going to get the NCAA to listen? Hey, <laughs> hey, now, if I could make pleas to happen to famous celebrities and athletes in foreign languages, wait a minute, that's a different show. Never mind. Keep going. Eric, are you serious? No, seriously, all of you, are you serious? It's time for our prediction segment. Um, so serious. Technically speaking, I actually won the predictions last week. I went 1-0-1. The first push in the history of Are You Serious? And we've been doing this for almost two years now. Because, of course, I had the first push. <laughs> I wouldn't I? Fuck well, it helps. Team. It helps you out because it gets you. Uh, it, it gives you that extra uh, draw. It gives uh, you a half body. And if anybody, I thought I was going to get it with the run I was on. <laughs> if I mean, the problem is though, is that I'm still like half a game behind you in the. Uh, I'm a half a game behind you in the in the against the spread standings now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me. All right, let's make some predictions here. This is the week 16 predictions. These will be a NFL upset pick and a NFL Stone Cold lock. To give everybody a heads up for next week's episode of the kickoff, A, we will be running. That's all, folks. We will be running on Thursday next week. 
the New Year's Day games will be the following Tuesday. The Saturday after our show will be the first of the New Year's Six Bowl games as well. Therefore, our college, Are You Serious, will return next week, and we will pick an upset in one of the New Year's Six games. The point spread does not matter as long as you're picking the underdog. I already all, know where I'm going I'm with ready, that one. I'm already writing down UCF for Brandon. <laughs> all right, well, you know who to write down for me in uh, the in an upset bowl. I'm pretty sure. Sh- wait, isn't West Virginia a favorite against Syracuse? Not to mention that's not that's a not a New Year's Six bowl anyway. No, 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 no. I made this comment in the chat a long time ago. Too long ago. I don't remember it. I predicted Alabama getting beat by Oklahoma. Oh, you oh did. yeah, I, I remember that. You did, to his okay. credit. We will officially predict all of the New Year's Six games, but one of them will be our official prediction for Are You Serious? That'll be next week. It'll take the place of our buyer sell segment. That being said, let's get to Are You Serious for this week. Brandon, who is your NFL upset for the week? My NFL upset, and I probably shouldn't be doing this because we saw how well it worked for Jason last week, but I think the Redskins keep on trucking, and they are able to at least cover the spread against the Titans. Really, you don't listen to the show, do you? (laughs) What? I have never picked Washington. Yes, you did. No, 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 no. I'm not saying for that. I'm saying because you picked against the Titans last week. Dummy. Yeah. No, no, no. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because you picked against the Titans last week with the Giants. Well, you need to clarify yourself because. That's what I'm getting to. I'm going to go with Jason and take Washington. No, no. Jason doesn't take Washington. Because Jason's not a racist asshole. No. What I said was... That demoralizes the the people that was here first. Jason's not a dick. I'm going to state for the record that Jason has not picked Washington this season. He is correct. I I know this. I was saying that Jason picked against Tennessee last week. It's the emotional support chicken from Popeye's. Just throwing that out there. That's a real thing. Eric, upset. Hopefully it makes minute. more sense than Brandon did. Please. <laughs> Wait a minute. Emotional support. Why have I not heard of this? Mmm, <laughs> delicious emotional support. <laughs> hey, that red, that red stick chicken is damn delicious from Popeye's. And it's, they've still got a $5 coupon combo, so you better take advantage. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I was not lying. It's an emotional support chicken. Apologies for the language, kids. Remember, family shout. Sorry, Eric. Well, I, I, um, all I'm going to say is, wait a minute. I have to get back to it after see. Okay, yeah. Um, just because. Probably contradicting everything, but also because for the reasons that I highlighted, Panthers plus three and a half. What the 
hell? I... What in so the hell? Carol- so Carolina plus three and a half against Atlanta? Yes. Okay, uh, okay then. Jason? So, so is this our upset? Yes. Because yes. emotional, emotional support chicken has fucked my world up. <laughs> um, so my upset, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. This is gonna be a brave pick. I'm gonna take the Ravens getting four and a half at the Chargers. I actually almost went the other way on that game. I actually am tempted to go the other way on that game. I know I'm going the other way on one of your picks. Keenan Allen, Alpha to play. Go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I'll address Brandon as soon as you're done. Uh, Keenan Allen's doubtful to play with a hip injury. Everything's pointing to everybody's being trying to be optimistic that he'll play. But I think that they kind of hold it out, hold him out. Uh, Baltimore's got one of the better defenses in the league. You know, it, they've wavered a couple of times, but I still think that it's going to be a field goal game at most. Someone take the four and a half and take the one and a half point victory. Jason, you thought yours was bold. Have I got a doozy for you? I bet it's my lock. It's a big number, but it's one that I think is definitely coverable and possibly even outright winnable because of the overconfidence situation. There is an actual fever gripping the state of Ohio right now. Uh, on, the basis, on the basis of how well the Browns are playing right now. They have the largest point spread in their favor in probably at least half a decade as they are nine-point favorites against Cincinnati this Sunday. Give me the nine points. Give me Cincinnati. Baker Mayfield wakes up feeling dangerous again. That's all on you. <laughs> I, I'm going the opposite way on my lock. I'm going to take Cleveland on my as my lock. All right, let me write that down real quick, and then I'm going to have you officially confirmed to that. Okay, I officially, I, the chairman of W2EM, the 40-year-old man of the... He's a man! He's 40! I'm a man. I'm 40. And I've taken the Cleveland Browns as a lock. Brandon, who's your lock for the week? Uh, I am also going contrary to one of your picks. Um, Eric, you're forgetting a little something. You're forgetting that those Panthers will not have their almighty Cam Newton. I'm well aware of that. That might actually work in their favor. That that three-point spread is just way, way too tempting. Falcons over the Panthers. Lock it up. Okay. Let me just state for the record before Eric makes his prediction here, I'm surprised you listened enough to our picks to be able to announce that you were going against somebody. No, you know what it was? It's still Bisco going to Bisco. It involved the Panthers, and he has to go against them. (laughs) 
Not to mention, he did get the spread wrong because it's three and a half. Oh, three and a half. Fair enough. <laughs> Jesus. Nabisco, go Nabisco. Brandon, we love you. Don't I'm supposed to start calling you Nabisco. <laughs> That's your new name, Nabisco. I can't wait for all that one, now can you? It's not Nabisco, it's Nobisco, because we're constantly having to correct them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you need to maybe we need to add Tori to the chat so Brandon knows what's going on. <laughs> so when we do these shows, you can follow along. The sad thing is if he's the executive producer, he can hang up on us at any moment. I could I or mute all of you. It be wouldn't be the first time nobody cared what we had to say. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, (laughs) I'm going to be another contrarian because I had this eye as my lock the entire time. Even without Keenan Allen, yes, the Ravens have a formidable defense. However, have you seen what the Chargers can do defensively themselves? Not to mention... Uh, Lamar's been hit a couple of times already these past few weeks. I think I think LA is really going to take advantage of that. As a certain former action star turned governor once said, "Go Chargers, go." I'll swallow well, four and a half. You want me to make an even bolder prediction lock? Two words. Guess Edwards. Hunter and 10 yards, two touchdowns. 100, 110 total yards, two touchdowns. Um, I I thought that uh, I thought the running back was cleared. Whose? Baltimore's their first string running back, the one that's been out with an injury the last couple of weeks. Uh, Gus Edwards still factors in. Dixon Dixon's there. But so is Edwards. Edwards, 110th all-purpose yards, two touchdowns. I'm surprised nobody found this one here because I see a game at 4 o'clock on the East Coast, 1 o'clock on the West Coast. That just screams obvious to me. You're, you're not going to finish the quadfecta of uh, contrarianism? No, because uh there is no universe in which i pick tennessee as a lock for anything <laughs> fair enough the bears at san francisco yes chicago is only laying four to san francisco the only problem i have with that is uh well no i can't even use that because it doesn't affect them I got beat. Yes. I, I got beat by San Francisco last week, and they're on a roll right now. So that's why I didn't take that one. You can um, beat every Chicago, week. So. Chicago is fighting for an opportunity to clinch at least a first round bye, and they're still technically in contention for home field. They would need New Orleans to lose out while Chicago wins out. But it is still entirely possible that the Bears could get home field advantage in the NFC. They are at the very least capable of catching the Rams for the other first round bye. 
the San Francisco 49ers, while they had an impressive showing against Seattle, we talked about it earlier, this is not a San Francisco 49er team going anywhere this season. And this is a San Francisco 49er team that I would think would be looking forward to the draft. Give me the Bears. I will lay the four points. Mm-hmm. Two words, club, dub. You know, another game I'm I'm curious nobody touched was the Pittsburgh-New Orleans game. That game was just too weird. Yeah. The number number six, uh, I honestly think it could end up in that frame. But I don't trust Pittsburgh enough to actually take them to cover. I was saying you could take New Orleans as a lock. Um, With how well Pittsburgh played last week. Ben plays well indoors, too. New Orleans indoors and is really tough and a whole different team. Not to mention, this is a nationally televised game. Roethlisberger always steps his game up in those, too. Well, it's because all the lawyers are watching to make sure he doesn't rape somebody. (laughs) The views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily... you, You know the rest by now. Jason, where can people Ask find John Armour? <laughs> Jason, where can people find you online besides a courtroom after somebody gets a transcript script of this show? Well, actually, I'm starting a new Twitter account. It's at chairman of Pornhub Instagram Pictures 2018. Um, I'll be starting that up here soon. Uh, if anybody would like to tweet me, please do. Um, also, I'm starting a line of fishing equipment <laughs> be, pur- be purchased um, specifically for catfish, uh, catfish bait. Um, any other time, my personal account is at TurkaGlue822. Uh, and you can find me usually here spewing nonsense and trying to stay awake. Brendan, where can people find you online? At Bisco underscore Gotham SN, and hopefully soon still have to talk to uh, Cedric about getting everything up and running for Raw, and then we can get wrestling back on the road. Interesting fact, if you follow Brendan on Twitter, it takes him a half an hour to follow you back. You may tweet him with, with something, a half hour later, he'll get Tori's permission to answer. <laughs> I, I'm busting your balls, dude. Because you know why? Because it's been an entire season we tried to do a fantasy football cast, and it's not happened. <laughs> Eric, where can people find you online? Well, after this show, aside from at Squid Sports Head on Twitter and, and right here on the kickoff, I may not be anywhere else. <laughs> 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 This might be the last show. Oh, yeah. We're so getting fired. There won't be a week 17 prediction. The views of opinions of Harry Brothers. <laughs> Technically speaking, you know what? Technically speaking, should worse come to worse, I have made alternative arrangements for the show to continue. I'm just going to put that out into the universe and we'll move on. I'm just going to I'm just going to point this out. You're supposed to be the guard of the asylum. 
Chair shot has uh, sports? In this instance, the inmates are running the asylum. Oh, yeah. Uh, raw reaction every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, although we are on hiatus for the next two weeks because of the holiday. There was no episode this week because I fell asleep on Monday night. Shit happens. Uh, we will return with the January 7th edition of Monday Night Raw for 2019. However, uh, online, H-E-B the Eagle, Harry Broadhurst on Facebook, pretty much those are the two main places to find me. In addition, if you're into wrestling as well, I do wrestling reviews for thechairshot.com also. And you will, you will find Harry's beard in his sink come Tuesday morning. <laughs> I actually... I go get mine done professionally because I, I can't be bothered when it gets this thick. <laughs> All right. You will see Harry with a baby face per our next recording. I will point out that it is an audio podcast, not a video one. Therefore, they won't know the difference one way or another. <laughs> oh, we, we, will, we will post. Hey. We will find a way. Did I not tell you my new Instagram? <laughs> Fair enough. The Magic Tavern can do it. We can do it. For Jason Teasley, Eric Watkins, and Brandon Biscabing, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the kickoff, a presentation for now of of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening apparatuses such as Stitcher, Spreaker, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Glacier's still a dick. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week with the regular season finale of The Kickoff here on the W2M Network.